Hi, welcome back to the Writer Community Podcast. The Writer Community is an online space for writers of all levels, backgrounds, experience, and specialties to connect with, learn from, and grow with one another. If you like what you hear, head on over to thewritercommunity.com to learn more about how you can become a member. P.S. There's a bunch of free stuff. Without further ado, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to the Writer Community Podcast. I'm Sydney and I'm here with Rach. And today we're going to be chatting about all things outlining and pre-writing. And we did a little bit of prep. We have a lot to cover. So I figured we could just jump right in. Um, what is the difference between pre-writing and outlining? So in my mind, pre-writing actually involves some form of writing, whereas outlining is like college and high school, you're outlining something. That's how I've always thought about it. But I have come to think of it differently after having conversations with you and Megan and Sky. So um, that was my idea of it coming into my career as an author. But Sydney, how do you think of it? Yeah. So I didn't honestly, I didn't used to think about pre-writing at all. I was just like, I don't know what that is. Um, but now for me, pre-writing is basically just the process before you write the book. So everything that goes into your prep work, like a rectangle and a square. So all outlining is pre-writing, but not all pre-writing is outlining. And by that, I mean like every single thing that you do before you start writing the story in my mind is pre-writing. So if you do any sort of preemptive character building, any world building or research that goes into it. And outlining looks different for everybody, but it's essentially the process of mapping out your story before you write it, varying degrees of detail and method. Um, Speaking of method, do you want to talk about your approach to outlining? Sure. So my approach to outlining is pretty (laughs) loosey-goosey, is what I like to call it. And it's never the same way. And I think that's part of my ADHD, but I always do it differently I'm trying, though, to hone it down to a process that works for every book that I can just routinely go to. But um, I always, when I, because I'm more of a pantser, um, I always will have my beginning and my end figured out. Like, I always know my opening scene. I always know my ending scene. It just always happens that way. Um, And then I try and pick major plot points throughout the story that I know have to go in, or I really want to go into the story. And usually that's the bare minimum that I will have. And then I just go in and write from there. I have in the past done like an actual outline where I've mapped out every single scene. Um, That's what I'm doing with my current book. So I have all of my major plot points and I have all of the scenes in between those plot points to take me there. Um, And, and so we're seeing how that's going to go. It, kind of takes the motivation out of writing for me though. So I'm, I'm always hesitant to fully outline like that. What about you? Yeah, I think I was afraid of that because I, I had a similar experience with my very first book that never got written because I, I don't know that it was necessarily an outlining problem so much as what I've been listening to a lot of writing excuses, podcasts and lectures to just kind of study craft every day. And on writing excuses, they refer to it as world builders disease. <laughs> Which is, I think what happened is I got so stuck in pre-writing that by the time I got to the writing process, all of the energy was just gone and there was way too much detail um, to put into it. But I I really like your method. And 
I think I started that way too when I wasn't sure where I was going. I did it sort of like a fill in the blank thing, like take what you do know and then fill in the blank. Um, but you mentioned that your method has changed and mine has too. I think I've done something slightly different for every single book. Um, but they've all, I think, gotten me closer to something that hopefully will be a little bit more regular for me too. But I figured for our listeners, I can just walk you guys through a few of those methods. That way you can kind of put them in your toolbox. So my first one is what now I will kind of lovingly refer to as preemptive pantsing. So it's like essentially I'm pantsing the story, but I'm just doing it before I've written like hundreds of thousands of words. And so what that is, is I take way too many sticky notes or way too many flashcards. I put on music that inspires me. And if for other people, it's like a Pinterest board, then put it on your screen and then get all your sticky notes out. And basically what I'll do is I'll just sort of listen through the story. And I know that that doesn't work for everybody, but just kind of jot down everything as mentally I'm kind of walking myself through the plot. And I'll usually do that in about like one sitting. So five hours later, I'm like, yeah, this is the book. Obviously, this kind of lends itself to a lot of work after the fact, but I'll talk about that later. I've moved into something that I learned from Sanderson's BYU lectures online, which I recommend for everybody. And that's basically, I'll call it like arcs and points to hit. I'm sure he has a better name for it. Or maybe he just calls it outlining. But basically what you want to do is take the story arcs that you're telling. And just for an example, I'm going to use enemies to lovers. And then you're going to break it down into very generally, fundamentally, what do you need to do to tell this sort of story? And he also calls them plot archetypes. So if you're telling a story that fits into a heist story or a mystery arc or something like that. Um, again, so with enemies to lovers, maybe point one, very basically, character A meets character B. They have a good impression, but they have a bad start. Point two, character A and character B fight. Something about them is making it hard for them to get along. Point three, character A sees character B do something that changes character A's perception of character B. Maybe character B is really good with kids, and then character A is like, wow, you're not a terrible person, maybe. Point four, only one bed. I'm kidding. <laughs> Megan would probably be like, no, you're not kidding. This is exactly what needs to happen. But essentially, you want to work through like what fundamentally, literally am I going to have to do to tell this sort of story? And then you go through every single arc that you're telling. So for me in the story I'm working on right now, and I'll go fast, I have like a redemptive arc, a huge like character arc, essentially. It's not necessarily redemptive by the end, but it is a character arc. I have a heist arc and I have an enemies to lovers arc, which is more of a subplot. And I think I have six total. And what you do is you want to outline all of them. And then when you go into turning those points into an actual outline, you take each of those base points and put them into a scene with the focus being on the main plot arc of your story. So maybe in point one where character A meets character B, we also get the baseline of character A's arc. We get to see them being maybe not a great person and so forth. And also in Sanderson's lectures, he does talk about braiding thorns and roses, which is a really great approach to romance that I won't talk about in this one, but would recommend. And then now what I do is something that is basically just like a, a step further from that. Not necessarily like it's better. It's just something that I've done for me. And maybe that was his original intention, but it's like a goal oriented supplement. So for each scene, I'm putting all of those goals that I have made for that scene at the bottom with the focus being on the central plot line. 
And then I'm shoving in as many other plot points as I possibly can into it so that each scene is as efficient as possible. I'm trying to get as much done as I possibly can. So it's interesting for the reader um, and condensed. And maybe you don't want to do a pacing that quick, but that's just an approach that I'm working with for now. The other thing that I do, I think I, I showed this to Skye because she's working on something like a Civil War plot. But anytime there are two sides in direct conflict with each other, I do a T-chart and in the middle is what literally happens. And then I have both parties on the right and the left column and then I move them down. So if I know where the story is going to start, like Rachel said, then I put that in the middle and then I say, how do either side react to it? What do they do because of their reaction? Then I put that in the middle. Okay, this is what literally happened. What does this side react to? What is their response? And that can really help you get through if you're not sure what necessarily your villain is going to be doing while the hero is approaching something or vice versa. And that was a lot. And I haven't really looked into too many of these other resources. And I know that you definitely have. So if you want to speak to like Save the Cat and all of those kinds of resources and tools. Sure. And I just wanted to comment a little bit about what you were saying on Sanderson's lectures, because it's funny that you bring up how he was saying, like hitting all those plot and arc hits, because as writers, and we kind of discussed this beforehand, I think we have a lot of these tactics already in our writer DNA, because as you were going through that and he was instructing, I was like, that's totally what I just did with my most recent novel. Like I have four characters and I am plotting out their character arcs because each of them is a different arc. Each of them has a different theme, but they're all, you know, under the umbrella of the main plot and how can each of these scenes further every single arc. And so it's just funny. It's I'm like, Hey, I'm on the right track. I'm doing what Sanderson said and I haven't even talked to him. So, or heard any of his lectures. Yeah. I had a similar thing when I watched it. I was like, Oh, this makes so much sense to me because it's what I was working towards. But then he takes it and looks at it on a very technical level. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I needed that. Yeah. Because that it's was like, okay, I'm on the right direction. And sometimes as writers, we kind of need that encouragement of like, you're not insane and scattered. You really are on one of the many paths to getting your book finished. So yeah, but there are a lot of different resources out there, a lot of different methods for plotting, outlining, um, pre-writing your book. Some of my favorites are Save the Cat, Plot and Structure by James Scott Bell. He's just an amazing author. Everything he writes is so informative and just a really good book lineup to have in your writer toolbox. There's, um, if you're a pantser, there's a book called Take Off Your Pants. Uh, there's also books called The Anatomy of a Story. That's a really good one that gets into the more technical side of writing. But all of these things kind of give you ideas of how stories work and what, what make stories good, um, how you need to plot it. And so they're good to give you an idea of your options and find out what works best for you. Because a lot of times you don't realize all the options that are out there. So Save the Cat is the three-act structure. So that's taken from film. It's definitely one of the more common writing. And I think that a lot of writers may get the impression that that's the only way to write a book, but that's not the only way to write a book. A lot of people, you know, I feel think of it as the Bible to writing. And for me personally, it was okay. Like it was, it was good. Um, it helped me understand, you know, the different main plot points you need to move your story along, but I don't necessarily go to it. It's not my, my go-to book for questions that I have on outlining, but it does give you the realization that, you know, there are your different kinds of stories 
And each of those kinds of stories, and we kind of talked about this earlier too, has promises that you need to make sure you're making um, to your reader and that you're giving to your reader. So a promise of tone, a promise of tropes, a promise of, you know, stakes, depending on what you're writing. So if you have a dark fantasy romance, there are definitely tropes and themes and promises that your readers are going to be expecting. You need to make sure you hit those. So you need to have those in mind when you're plotting and outlining and researching your book so that you can fully articulate your story the way that it needs to be done. Um, Another one that I actually prefer above the three-act structure is the four-act structure, uh, just because it takes that three-act structure, the, the second act takes up 50% of your book and it is so big and so daunting. And if you think about it, there are two things happening. There's the up or the down to the midpoint. And then there's the opposite direction towards your third act. And so it makes more sense if you just break it up at the midpoint. And so it's, you know, your hero's journey up to that midpoint and then their fall down to the third act, or, you know, if it's a negative arc then the other direction. So I prefer a four act structure, but You can really do anything you want to get your story done. These are just really good resources to figure out what your method might be. Yeah. And readers aren't necessarily going to be reading along and be like, oh, this is, I'm in act two, like you're on chapter 38 or something. (laughs) Um, So like your individual approach is going to be what serves you best. And I also wanted to note something that you had said, which was like, think about why you, what makes a story good, why you like it. And I think obviously this applies to writing. You have to kind of figure out why did I like this kind of story that I want to tell? What made me love it? And how can I write what I loved into my own? Outlining is a great place to make sure that you're doing that just because you're essentially doing all the work upfront if you decide to outline and do a lot of pre-writing, whereas otherwise you'd probably be doing a lot of edits and that's what we'll probably talk about later. But our next point, just to on time, (laughs) how do you deal with outlining or pre-planning an entire series? Do you want to take this one first or do you want me to take it? (laughs) Sure. My answer is short. Uh, I don't. I don't (laughs) outline. I don't pre-write series. Um, It's probably the source of a lot of my gray hairs because (laughs) I know it's the wrong way to do it. I know I shouldn't do it, but part of me is lazy. I don't want to spend the time doing that. I just want to get in there and write. Um, But as always, I will know how I want my series to end. I will know. I generally write for myself in images in my head or feelings, like mainly feelings. Like I want the whole book to have this feeling, this impact but I don't know how I'm going to get there yet. I know that I want it to end with this person winning and this person dying or, or whatever it happens to be. But for now, I just have the first series. So when I, or for the first book and so the second book, I'm like, huh, well, what do I have to do now? I never outline every at once. For me, that's really daunting. I know I should, I'm doing it more with this that I'm writing. I feel good, I guess, but I, I I don't, I I don't. So tell me your skills so I can learn. My skills? <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk about my approach. I think with a series, usually what comes first for me is like the very, very vague general overarching plot. So my heroes are going to defeat my primary villain to some degree or other. I lose themselves along the way because I really like dark stories and morally gray things, but, um, at that point, 
each book becomes sort of a stepping stone to that end, um, complete with its own like plethora of character arcs and subplots and central conflicts, which ultimately um, need to relate to or move us towards that big overarching plot for the whole series that I have in mind. Um, and if I think if you at least know where the whole series is going to go, you can keep track of like in very, very broad terms how you get there. Um, like for me, I don't I don't really outline the whole series apart from maybe like a couple sentences for each book. Um, I had to do that once because I was pitching and they wanted to know the rest of the trilogy. And I was like, well, I don't know the rest of the trilogy, but let's find out. Um, so I have an example that I wrote out for this. I hope it doesn't take too much time. But if I'm writing a trilogy about a hero defeating a villain with the help of a princess, all who reincarnate. And I want you guys to know that I'm using Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in the back of my mind for this. Just, I guess, the whole Legend of Zelda series. But for me, the outline to that story is going to be book one, hero saves himself. He's going to go on a journey to regain his memories and remember what he's fighting for. Book two, hero saves the team, venturing to the homes of all his former allies and helping them regain their spirit to fight. Book three, hero and allies come together to fight the big bad. They struggle. Maybe there's some sort of twist that makes it harder on them, but ultimately they win. Um, and from a really, really, really vague overarching map like that, I can outline each book in detail before I write it. Um, I usually do that one at a time. So I'll outline book one and then write book one and then I'll outline book two. Um, you can outline each one in the series if you want to. Some people will do that, but then they'll get more excited about book three in their series of five than book one, and then they'll start there. But I think that's a lot that's really dangerous because everything that you do in the first one is going to have this sort of like ripple effect on the rest of the series so just know this would be my only warning um if you are going to outline each one before you write even the first one just to keep in mind that if you are someone who tends to stray from your outlines and i allow myself a little bit of straying that sometimes gets me into like plot hole ditches but then you have to just sort of fix everything <laughs> Um, it can have an impact that will result in you having to sit down with every single outline and fixing all of those little um, like butterfly effects. So just know that that's something that can happen. Yeah. And and also when you outline, don't be married to your outline mm -hmm. because we all know that we have a vision of when we first start writing what we want it to be and things change, characters change, plot lines change, and you need to be flexible enough to carry those changes in through your other books. And I did want to say that um, I listened to a lecture a couple years ago, and it was a great way of thinking of how to structure and outline your, your series is you think of each book as part of the three or four act structure. Mm. So you have, you know, your, your main plot, like um, uh, overthrowing, you know, the evil <laughs> core. So, so, okay. So my dystopian series you're overthrowing the evil corporation, right? That's the entire plot arc for the entire series. But then book one is act one of your entire arc series. Book two is either, you know, all of act two or if it's a four book series, it's going to be the first part up until the midpoint of that main arc. And so each story is going to have its individual plot arc. So you have a goal, right? And I get the goal by the end of the, the book, but it takes them one step closer to the the goal of the series and so each book is a part of its own three or four act structure of the entire the entire main plot um and so i really enjoyed that lecture because it made things more digestible because it was easy to understand and plot it out saying oh okay so i know that this has to be like you know 
the the setup for the for the story. So I like that. Yeah, I've never heard that before. That's really good. I like that approach. Oh, I taught you something new, <laughs> you guys. Listeners, this is very rare. She is very smart. Oh no, I'm just I've become I've become immersed in studying, and now I'm just always studying something. Um, so I guess we could get into closing comments for the sake of time. Um, what's your best advice for people who want to start outlining, haven't done it before, maybe, um, don't know where to start. Start simple. Don't jump in and think that you have to do all the things and do the most detailed outline and detail your entire series out. Start simple, figure out what it is that works for you. Try different outlining pre-writing methods. Um, and if it works for you, awesome. Explore other avenues. If you feel led to do that, if it doesn't work, don't stress about it. There are so many amazing authors out there that don't even outline or pre-light. They are true pantsers, but give it a go. Have an open mind when you do it and just know that it's going to be fun. That's true. It should be fun. Um, I have, I think I have more intense, but (laughs) intense advice for like, when do I not? I feel like anybody who's been with the writer community knows (laughs) at this point. Um, I would say my biggest advice, and I guess this goes into everything, but it's like you mentioned about promises. I think good storytelling now, this is just my belief in the current moment. We'll see in a week when I've studied like 15 more things. Um, But good storytelling is grounded in the promises that we make to our readers and the ways in which we fulfill them. And you mentioned like tone promises, character promises. You're like not going to write a really funny first chapter. If you're writing a grim, dark fantasy, that's just not going to work. Your readers are going to, if they're coming in for a funny story, they're going to be horribly depressed by the end. (laughs) And if they're coming in for the dark fantasy, they probably won't read past the first chapter. So promises are super important. Um, And that is something that you can work on and and check in your outline. Um, And that goes into my my other point, I think you should spend a really a good amount of time with your outline. I'm really bad about this. I've noticed is that I tend to outline and then dive straight in without actually like going back and treating my outline like a first draft, which if you do it well, it really can be your first draft because people tend to do either all of the work up front or all of the work at the end of the process. Because as I'm sure everybody knows, your first draft tends to be not rate and that's okay. Um, but if you spend that time with your outline looking for plot holes and fixing things and kind of doing some preemptive editing to your story before you actually start writing, it's sort of like getting one to three drafts out of the way because you've done all this work up front. I think in James Patterson's masterclass, he talked about how he spends I think a few months, I'll have to check my notes, but on his outline before he writes anything, like three months are spent on the outline and then he writes it really fast because he knows his story so well by the time he actually puts pen to paper. Um, So I think like this is your chance to make sure that the story is good, the pacing is good, your goals are going to be met, et cetera, before it becomes 30,000 words plus being thrown away. Like I, I jumped in too fast and now I'm on my third rewrite of my of my project that I'm working on right now. It's taught me more than anything, but one of the things it taught me is like, maybe, maybe you should wait a little bit before, after you write all the stuff you're going to do to make sure the stuff you're going to do is not bad. Um, so it's so hard to control the, the excitement though, because you get so excited doing the pre-writing, do, doing the research, building the playlist, all of that. It's just, we just want to jump in there and write. So I, can sympathize with you a hundred percent. Yeah. It's a hard lesson that I'm, I'm trying to force myself to, to heed. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's it. Basically, if you want to get into outlining, 
I think looking at it like your outline can be your first draft. It can be your third draft if you spend a lot of time with it. Um, but also don't get stuck <laughs> trying to perfect your story before you've written anything. If you feel like you're not um, making any progress anymore, then just start writing. Just get through it. And if you yeah. can outline, just write. Figure it out on the way. And like I also use, because these are like, I'm showing Sydney some note cards, but this is the outline of my current series. But it's just, it can also, even if you don't use it in your actual writing, it can help you better understand your characters, better understand your plot, better understand your direction so that you can write to your best ability, even if you never look at those note cards or that outline again. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, like, like Megan says, the the first draft is you telling yourself the story. That can also be your outlining or pre-writing process so that you just are completely immersed and you can write without hindrances and just get it out, look at a split. Yeah, because you've written the whole story in your head by the time you finish a, an outline that works for you so when you go in mm -hmm. like I mentioned like I don't usually understand the theme or the message behind my story until I've written it and then I go oh that's what that's about okay I'm so glad that I'm not the only one because people will be like what's your theme I'm like I don't know well some people start there I never do I tend I'll yeah, be like this is I the never story and then I get to the end I'm like oh this is about internalizing emotion maybe I should talk to someone about this <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well and I'll look at past books I've written and I'm still like I don't know what the theme is like I can tell you what the story is like, you'll do anything for family. Does that count? Is that a theme? And then like somebody will tell me this is your thing. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Awesome. Yeah, because so sometimes other people see it too. I think I just heard something and we should probably wrap up, but I just, I, it's so exciting. I just heard something from, um, I was listening to, oh, Dedicated with Doug Brunt. So he uh, he's an author who interviews a bunch of authors and I was listening to his interview with Min Jin Lee and they were talking about, um, I forget they it's funny because authors always quote other authors in their podcast and then I forget to write the name down of the author they were quoting so I don't remember who said this but they were talking about how all authors actually only ever write one story and not in terms of content or the plot but they always write the same message and so one of the authors was like my message is love so all of my stories are about love and I think mine might be yeah, about yeah. healing but I earn like personal growth but I don't know yet I think I'm <laughs> in a past life head. you must have had some trauma a past life or a current life <laughs> <laughs> no well and see and that's true because mine are always about family like go. and the strength of family the resilience of family and just how they're like family is the one thing, whether it's found family or biological family, but it's always the one thing that you can count on that you can usually tear up and come back to, and they will love you unconditionally for the most part. So that, I mean, in my stories anyway, so yeah, cause I think it's important. So it is anyway, but that's the thing. Like you have to write also like what, what you're passionate about. And so like, if you notice that theme, maybe lean into it or maybe you want to experiment with other things, but whatever you want to do. Yeah. I just thought it was such an interesting, they're like, all authors only write about one thing. And I was like, Oh, what's my one thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Trauma. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, <laughs> but that might just be my fault because I'm always mean to my characters. Oh. Maybe it's because you have such a good life and you're like, I want to explore this darker side that, you know, oh. Maybe I just hit full screen on my Zoom and then it blew up my computer. We're back. Um, yeah, well, I, if you don't, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't. Just, you know, try it out. Don't knock it till you try it, even if it scares you, because you may find out that it really works for you and that you're your best writer when you outline. So, mm -hmm. And whenever you try something new, try it for at least a month. 
Don't let yourself yeah. like it's like the same thing with routines, same thing with like new methods. Like at least give it the, the time it deserves. If you're gonna try it, you yeah. might as well try it. What if my, my mom always says anything worth doing is worth doing well? And it's just like echoes in my yeah. head sometimes. And then she's all very proud of herself mm-hmm. to know that it's <laughs> as she should be. When I yeah, I started I'm starting um to listen to Atomic Habits. And so far it's a great book mm-hmm. about building good habits um that make you successful and reach your goals. And so yeah, you need to be consistent with your habits to see the fruit of them at the end. So don't give up after a week. Try it for at least a month. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, We'll hope to see you next week. I think depending on the order, it's going to be either character or what did I talk about with Scott? I don't remember. All right. (laughs) Oh, wait. What did I say last time? Like, join us next week for more talks on stuff about writing. I hope that becomes a thing. It probably shouldn't, but it's so funny. No, I love that. I think it should. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I like it. Join us next week on more talks about writing and stuff. And stuff.